Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life with a focus on holistic and natural healing. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Thank you for joining us. Now let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Um, Today, November 1st, is actually the day that we are having our insulin resistance seminar. So if you're listening to this on the day that it's coming out, November 1st, 2021, be sure that you join us tonight at Great River Family Chiropractic in Moline to hear all about insulin resistance and what you can do about it. Um, In the meantime, we are continuing our series here on the podcast about inflammation. So I am just going to turn it on over to Dr. Alex to tell us what we are talking about today. Yeah, so I just wanted to quickly, before we jump into um, continuing the series, is going back to the last um, time we met and just give a kind of a refresher of what inflammation is. So inflammation, how it happens in the body. First and foremost thing to know is that it's just a natural response by the body, right? It's your immune system responding to its environment. Um, and last time we, we talked about stress and how that played into and what, how it led to inflammation. Um, but the kind of basic process of inflammation is, remember, you have these three layers, right? You have um, a blood vessel, what's called a venule, then you have the tissue um, that potentially is going to be damaged, and then you have the lymph system. So when something in the tissue gets damaged, there's these signals that are given off by um, the cells that's inside the tissue to call for the immune system to send immune system cells, something called neutrophils. They gobble up that tissue, surround the tissue, the damaged tissue, and then they call for more immune system cells to come and then surround them and then those are what are eliminated through the lymph system. That's kind of the normal immune response that's supposed to happen. That's healthy inflammation. Bring inflammation, inflammatory molecules, inflammatory chemicals to the area, kind of clean it up, and then get rid of it. And then you're back to homeostasis, you're back to healing the way that you're supposed to. What we talked about last week is how stress leads to this chronic inflammation, right? So meaning, that immune reaction never really gets shut off, and it just continues to invite immune system chemicals um, into the tissue. And then now you have a bunch of just chemicals and immune system cells and damaged tissue all just kind of a cesspool of stuff that shouldn't be there long term. Um, and that's what the chronic inflammation does. And then its stress sets off this feedback loop of now because there's inflammation in the tissue, that makes you more stressed. So stress physiology happens, which then invites more inflammation. It just becomes this vicious cycle. So that was kind of what we talked about last time. What I wanted to talk about this time is infection. So stress can cause inflammation. Inflammation can cause stress. What we want to talk about today is infection can cause inflammation. Inflammation can lead to more infections. So they all become these vicious cycles. And uh, like we mentioned last time, I don't know how anybody's alive with (laughs) these vicious cycles because we get into them so easily. Yeah, especially in America. (laughs) Right, right. And it just speaks to the resiliency um, of the human body and how powerful the healing mechanisms are of the human body. We can survive a lot 
and then if we do the right things, we can thrive right. most of the time. So, but infection. So what I mean by infection is there's some sort of a, what we call pathogen, think bacteria, viruses, um, fungus, um, yeast, those type of things all can either something that's not supposed to be inside of us can get inside of us or something that is supposed to be inside of us because it actually has a benefit to us overgrows, get, gets out of balance, right? Those are kind of the, the infections that I'm talking about. So we know people struggle with sinus infections. They struggle with um, urinary tract infections. They t- struggle with upper respiratory tract infections. All of those things are pretty common. And then obviously there's the things like E. coli, salmonella, all those are infections that happen in the gut and cause um, gut inflammation, you know, diarrhea, those type of things. So I think people are familiar with infections, but what is actually happening? Well, the process that we explained with inflammation, how stress comes in, what stress does is it produces enough inflammatory chemicals cause damage to the tissue. So the damage to the tissue is what basically those signals are given off to invite the immune response. And that's that vicious cycle you get into. Well, infection, our immune system's always looking for these pathogens or these foreign substances, um, foreign proteins, you can think of it as, because bacteria, viruses, fungi, yeast, all those things are made out of protein, just like our bodies are made out of protein. Immune system's always looking to see, is this a protein that I recognize? If it's not, then I'm I'm gonna mount an immune response to it. So in the tissue, if there's some sort of pathogen, some sort of foreign um, pathogen that gets inside of us, same thing like if we have damaged tissue. The body calls, sends those signals out to the blood vessels to invite in um, inflammatory chemicals or inflammatory or immune system cells, and then they surround that pathogen, and then they call out for more immune system cells to come kill that pathogen or eliminate it through the lymph tissue. So the same process that happens with damaged tissue is what happens with pathogens when they get inside of your tissue. So it's just back to that inflammatory response. What's interesting with infections is there's typically two things that can happen that lead to more chronic inflammation. The first thing is you can over-respond. So your immune system identifies a pathogen and then it invites in those neutrophils, but you send too many of those neutrophils in. So now you have a ton of these inflammatory molecules in in the tissue and then that um, those monocytes or macrophages that we said those the kind of the second step of inflammation can't catch up so you take care of the pathogen because the immune system responded so the pathogen's gone bacteria virus whatever's gone but the inflammation process sustains it stays on so then now you're chronically inflamed because there's too much you, said. you over-responded okay, yeah it, so there's it. so there's no longer pathogen in the tissue but now there's inflammation immune system cells in the tissue and that's what causes the the inflammation and that's going to lead to problems right because we just talked about the vicious cycle of if you have more inflammation that's going to lead it's going to make you more susceptible to infection that's also going to make you more susceptible to stress We'll get into other things down the road, how it leads to gut, more gut inflammation and more brain inflammation and all of these autoimmune type issues can happen just because your immune system over responded. That's kind of the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens is you don't have enough of an immune response. So now the pathogen kind of, if you think of a, like a line graph, pathogens going up and to the right. And then what's supposed to happen is your immune system is supposed to respond and then the pathogen goes back down. 
Well, if you don't have an eno enough of an immune response because you're immunosuppressed, so this could be because you're on immunosuppressive medication, this is because you have too much stress in your life and your immune system's not responding, this could be for a number of different reasons. But your immune system doesn't respond enough so that pathogen load never comes back down, right? So again, we're in this pandemic right now that we're, when we're recording this, there's a lot of talk about the viral virus and how it's taking people's lives or making people sick. Well, they always talk about the viral load, meaning the people that get the sickest are the ones that have the highest viral load. If enough of the virus gets inside of them and replicates, they have this buildup of too much virus in them. And then that's what overcomes the body. So that's what I'm talking about. The, infl the inflammatory response, the immune system response should bring down the pathogen load, but it doesn't. So now you have a sustained infection, but the immune system's always trying to respond to it. So you also have a sustained immune system response or inflammatory response. So the people who get the sickest, as are in our example of like from COVID, are the ones who have too much, or they don't have enough cells attacking the pathogens. Yeah, they're immunosuppressed, so they don't have an, a strong enough immune system to go and attack the pathogens that are there. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. So that's kind of the second example. So either too much or not enough. Yep. So the first example, too much, you get rid of the pathogen, but your inflammation stays. Second example, you never had enough of an immune response. So not only does your inflammation stay because your immune system's trying, but the pathogen stays. And now we're back to that vicious cycle yeah, that's because a the pathogen's there. Your immune system's always going to try and you're just going to continue this inflammatory response up. Mm -hmm. Huge problem. Yeah. Huge problem. So this is why people have chronic you know, sinus infections. It's why they have chronic UTIs. It's why they have chronic upper respiratory infections, right? They more than likely go to their doctor, say, I have a UTI, I have an upper respiratory infection, I have a sinus infection, and then we know what the response is going to be, right? It's, let's give you an antibiotic. That's, yeah. I was not 100%, but I was thinking <laughs> that that was it. So, yeah. Let's give you an antibiotic to bring down the, pa the pathogen load, yeah. right? Which is good. Mm -hmm. That's one part of what we need to do. But if their immune system is not strong enough and the antibiotic doesn't actually kill off all of the pathogen, then that pathogen is going to sustain and that inflammation is going to sustain, Right. So then what do you do? Well, you continue to have symptoms, so then you go back, and then unfortunately it's more than likely just going to be another antibiotic. Maybe that second time you take care of the pathogen enough, but now we're back to that first scenario, right? The pathogen's gone, but the inflammatory chemicals are still there. Right. Just and then the yeah. traditional medicine could be responsive. Well, now you're still inflamed, so we need to give you some sort of anti-inflammatory to bring that inflammation down, right? Even if that works as far as symptomatically, there's, we still have never addressed... Okay, well, what's, what's happening with the body to where it couldn't mount that initial immune response in the right way so that it wasn't over-responding or, or under-responding? So we never get to that underlying cause. We never get to the, the thing of why their immune system's not working properly. And we never help it, like, learn how to actually have the right amount of yes. response and right. all of that. Right, Okay. right. Yep. Okay, yep. so how does that look in people? Like, what are some of the really common symptoms that you see, or what would be like a red flag to someone that says they need to start paying attention to this stuff? Yeah, so I think if somebody has chronic infections, you know, they just seem to get uh, a UTI every year, multiple times a year, or they get 
um, sinus infections all the time. Mm. And that's just a sign that either your immune system is suppressed or your immune system is overreacting. So there's testing and stuff that can be done just kind of evaluate your immune system. A basic one is called a CBC. Just looks like, or it looks at um, your white blood cell count. If your white blood cell count is lower than it's supposed to be, then more than likely you don't have enough of an immune response. So your immune system's either been taxed um, for so long that it just can't develop enough white blood cells to keep up with all the, the pathogen or the inflammation that's happening in your body. So you can look and see, oh, you have a suppressed immune system because your white blood cell count is low. Or you can look and see your white blood cell count is really high, and then we know, okay, you you're have some sort of an infection right now, and your body's always trying to, to respond to it. So then we would just need to see, okay, is there something else in your body that's causing inflammation? Like the, typically what I'm seeing, if, if those people are having that, then they have some sort of underlying issue. Like they might have something serious like a mold toxicity or a Lyme disease, those type of things where your immune system's always trying to deal with it or their diet is terrible and they're just always inflamed in that way. So then your immune system's always dealing with inflammation and can't actually go after, you know, the, the immune or the pathogens that are, that are there. This might get a little complicated um, and we can do other shows to just dive deeper into this, but we have different parts of our immune system um, and all of them really need, need to be in balance. So when you have chronic inflammation, when you have chronic stress in your life, if you have an infection, it kind of upregulates this one arm of the immune system. It's called your Th2. So Th help, Th is T helper cells. And that can start to be upregulated. And when that's upregulated, then Th1 gets downregulated. And Th1 is really what goes after pathogens. So if you just have that part of your immune system downregulated, you're not making enough of those Th1 cells. So then you just don't have the immune system to go after those pathogens. And when you have Th2 dominance, that's when you're overreacting. So that's when you can have allergy-type symptoms. That's what leads to the chronic UTIs, chronic upper respiratory infections, and all that. Are allergies an example of like a chronic infection? or? Well, typically, well, there's a lot of things that go into that. But one of the biggest reasons why somebody has allergic responses is because they have that Th2, what's called Th2 dominance. So their Th1 is suppressed, Th2 is upregulated, and now they're over-responding to things that are in their environment. So they've kind of lost the tolerance that's supposed to be. So we should be tolerant to things that come at us. We, of course, should be tolerant to our own tissue. When we get intolerant to things in our environment, and especially our own tissue, then now we know that more than likely we're Th2 dominant. Mm. So we need to get that immune system balanced out. Which when you're just giving antibiotics or you're just giving anti-inflammatories, or even when you're just like taking vitamin C, right? You're, up, you're taking vitamin D to improve your vitamin D levels. You're doing things like quercetin and um, echinacea, elderberry syrup, all that stuff. That stuff can be helpful, but it's still never really balancing out your immune system. And your immune system is far more powerful than any sort of herb or, you know, vitamin or anything like that. So you want to make sure your immune system is in balance and strong if you're going to survive pathogens that are always coming at us. Right. I think people maybe put too much emphasis on those yeah. kinds of extra yeah. things like take your vitamin C and your zinc yeah. where it's like if you would actually just focus on doing the things that you'll talk about next that help right. us build up a strong immune system, right. then maybe that wouldn't be such a big deal, right? Right. So when I before I even got into learning all the stuff that I, that I work with people on now and I would just kind of knew about, okay, here's how you should eat. You know, here's a healthy diet and here you should exercise and all that stuff. I would, when I would do a talk on 
how to prevent the flu or just how to build your immune system, it always would be, hey, stop eating sugar, nourish your body, move your body, that type of just basic stuff. Because if you actually look at the research and what eating a terrible diet does to your immune system, it just suppresses it. So when people would have a cold or something, they would ask me, hey, what do I need to do? Thinking I'm going to tell them, oh, you know, this much vitamin C, this much vitamin D, all this stuff. I would say, well, okay, let's first stop. Well, number one, I, I would recommend people, why don't we just stop eating, depending how b- bad they were. Because if you ever watch, if you have a pet, mostly a dog, mm-hmm. if dogs are sick, they just lay there. They don't eat. Right. They drink water to hydrate, but they don't typically eat. Why? Because your immune system wants to fight whatever you have off, and that takes energy. So if you're eating food, you're going to be digesting that food, which takes a ton of energy away from you being able to fight off the pathogen. So animals and nature just tend to know what to do. But I always think it's crazy when people are, you know, they're struggling with some sort of infection. Um, so they want to take all this vitamin C and B vitamins, vitamin D and all this stuff. But, you know, they're, they had donuts in the morning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that type of stuff. Yeah. Just don't eat the donut it's like and you the can whole save money on the other stuff. cream <laughs> vaccine thing. Right, right, right. We won't talk exactly. about that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and not that I would never tell people. I still do recommend, hey, you know, up, increase your vitamin C, you know, take vitamin, make sure your vitamin D, you right. can triple that, that type of stuff. But it's I'm typically recommending that to people who I know are already doing, you know, the other stuff. If they're mm-hmm. not doing the other stuff, then that's what they that's what they need to be doing. All right. Yeah. So could you then go into a little bit more detail of what someone should do? You've alluded to it with the diet and stuff, but what should someone do if they are experiencing these chronic infections? Yep. Um, well, depending on how significant they are, um, there might need to be you know, a, a more in-depth consultation, kind of figure out what's, what's happened in their history that's leading to these chronic infections. Because I've been mis- mentioning these vicious cycles. I would need to know, okay, is this all the stress that you have currently or in the past that's put you in this vicious cycle of stress and inflammation? Do you have some sort of autoimmunity that's also a vicious cycle between stress and inflammation? Do you have like some underlying gut infection or chronic infection? Um, a, a common one is like if, if somebody had mono when they were younger, that Epstein-Barr virus, which is typically associated with mono, can stick around and you have now chronic um, Epstein-Barr, which is always causing your immune system to respond, especially if it activates. So there might be just more deeper testing that we would need to do. But generally what you can do is you can just say, okay, I'm in this cycle of, if I have chronic infections, I'm inflamed. So what can I do to prevent the infection is I can work on my inflammation. And that's back to lifestyle, right? I'm going to do just think anti-inflammatory lifestyle. So you're going to start avoiding foods that are inflammatory, primarily processed foods, high sugar foods, high bad oil foods, you know, vegetable oil, all those things. Um, Foods in packages and boxes and bags, those type of things. I'm just going to eat real food. Um, Then I'm going to start moving my body. And that might just be walking for you. It might be getting some resistance training. It might be getting some... um, uh, high intensity interval training, you know, CrossFit type stuff that, that we do. Um, that can be helpful. That's anti-inflammatory because we talked about vicious cycles. You can, you can think the other way, maybe call them virtuous cycles of if you're moving your body, then now you're, you're inviting anti-inflammatory part of your immune system to address this stuff. And now you can get into a, a better cycle in that way, making sure you're sleeping 
We talked about sleep and how really healing happens when you're sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you're going to be inflamed. And then obviously dealing with stress and toxicity. If you're not, if you're not eliminating the toxins in your life, then you're going to always be, always be inflamed. So I know it's simple and I know we're a broken record, but <laughs> it's going back to the lifestyle all, all the time. I like that virtuous cycles though. That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. That's a good way to think of it. Yeah. And it, it's kind of from like the, the habit forming perspective of things. It really does for me personally, at least like if I wake up in the morning and work out, I'm a lot more likely to eat healthy that day and just be more conscious of anything that I put into my body and that kind right. of thing. So it's a positive cycle. Right, 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 right. And then the, the last thing I would say is if it is actually an infection, um, I am not a medical doctor, so I can't use antibiotics. Um, sometimes infections are so bad that they somebody is going to need like an, an, a hardcore antibiotic, so that's when they would need to go to their medical doctor. But there are anti-inflammatory herbs and stuff that you can use. This is when things like garlic um, can be helpful, oil of oregano can be helpful. There's a bunch of things that you can be taking to try to bring down that pathogen load, bring down the viral load, bacterial load, yeast load, all of those things. So I will use some of that type of stuff. Um, but then it's a it's a typically a four-step process, right? It's not, hey, I'm going to take an antibiotic and my um, infection is going to go away. It's I want to deal with the infection, but then I also want to make sure that you have a proper Im inflammatory response. I want to make sure any sort of damage that happened to my tissue um, is taken care of. And I want to make sure that, especially if there's some sort of like gut infection, that I'm replenishing things that I need in order to digest properly, you know, down the road. So it's kind of like a four-step process that, that mm -hmm. happens. So it's not just looking at it, oh, I have an infection, let's treat it, and then I go back to living the lifestyle I have. There's a lot of other steps that need to happen. Right, because most case. people would just take a bi an antibiotic and then stop there and right. not address the rest of the story. wait until they have to take the, the next antibiotic, right. unfortunately. Right, which will probably be sooner than if they had done all four steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for educating us on um, this topic of infection and inflammation. And just a reminder, be sure to follow us on social media at Happy Healthy Strong Podcast. Join our Facebook group and be sure to share this with your friends. We hope that this was a blessing to you and we'll talk to you next time.